Dr. Debbie here, and just a quick announcement before we get to today's episode. Has someone shattered your trust? Have you been blindsided by betrayal? It's a total shock to the body and mind. Some of us recover, and many others stay sick, bitter, angry, resentful, and stuck. If that's you, I have a research-based solution. My new book, Trust Again, Overcoming Betrayal and Regaining Health, Confidence and Happiness is now available. In the book, I literally walk you through the five stages of betrayal all the way to transformation with all kinds of examples, stories, and activities so you heal as you're moving through the book. I've also shared my very personal story along with those who participated in my PhD study so you can see how others move through their experiences too. Of course, I'm also teaching you my four-part trust rebuilding process so you can learn to feel safe again, love again, trust again. So here's what you do. Go to the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. That's thepbtinstitute.com forward slash trust again. Why? Because there's a link on that page that'll take you to Amazon, but I want you to know about it because once you get the book, come back to that page, enter your receipt, and then you get some amazing bonus gifts. Can't wait to share the book with you. And if you have friends or a group who'd benefit, get it for them too, because I'm giving tickets to a very special workshop for anyone who purchases more than five copies. ThePBTInstitute.com forward slash trust again. Okay, now on to today's episode. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Jennifer Powder. Diet disruptor Jennifer Powder coaches successful women just like you who want to finally understand their relationship with food so they can break free of emotional eating, lose weight for good, and stop feeling held back by their weight. Jennifer certainly knows her stuff. As well as holding a master's degree, she's a qualified clinical exercise physiologist, a double certified health and life coach, and an emotional intelligence practitioner with decades of success helping women all over the world. Clients use her revolutionary metabolic profile index assessment, where Jennifer breaks down the science of physiological transformation into simple, actionable steps so the path to healthy weight loss becomes a breeze. If you're feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, overweight, and unhappy, you're going to really appreciate my next guest. She's going to be talking about simple steps that yield big results when it comes to looking, feeling, and being better. Get ready. Here's Jennifer. Okay, everybody. I know I say it every single time, but it's really true. You are going to so love this next episode. I have my friend Jennifer Powder with us, and we're going to be talking about dieting. Now, don't worry. I know dieting can be a horrible word. And, and if you've been down that road a hundred million times, it doesn't matter. I have someone who is so great at helping you what you need to know to get your body back in a way that just serves you best and, and really helps. So welcome, Jennifer. Yay. Hi, Debbie. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. So let's just get started. Why? I mean, you're so passionate about everything, but why are you passionate about helping women get healthy? Uh, yeah, because of my own experience of what it felt like living unhealthy, um, unfulfilled, overweight, totally fatigued, frustrated. Uh, at that time, I had young kids, and I just remember my ex I remember my day to day experience, Debbie, and I just I always was like, this can't be it. 
this can't be it. And so once I sort of pulled back the layers on what take, you know, on what it took for me to get healthy from the inside out, um, it became my mission to, to teach others how to do the exact same thing. And, and, you know, and that's always the best uh, expert, someone who's been there and, and can just really come from this place of knowing. So before we even get to all the wonderfulness that you're going to share with us now, take us back to that time when you said you, you know, you really weren't feeling well. What was, what was life like? Like, why did you, why do you think you were in that space? So many reasons. And I think that, you know, sometimes it's hindsight's great, right? You can look backwards and go, oh, that was why. And at the time, I honestly didn't really understand that I'd had two kids very quickly. Um, my mom was very, very ill. And really, the crux of it was I was in a marriage that was completely unfulfilling to my soul. And the idea of leaving it was so uh, I couldn't even think that because I would be shattering my own heart. What I wanted was a nuclear family. I wanted to not be raised like how I was raised. And yet I felt like so alone in that partnership. And so I drank wine. I ate chocolate. I distracted myself with all sorts of other techniques to get comfort and relief and solace. And finally, I had this, I call it a God moment in my book, where I was just like, I cannot continue living. And I'm going to stop you right there, because this is something so common. Actually, my first TEDx was about this, where it's, we numb, avoid, distract from something too painful to feel or face. And we, yeah. we use things like food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, because they are, they, they, they pull us away from getting quiet. Because yeah. we're, you know, and, and you know what it's like, it's so interesting because remember when you were a kid, if someone said something you didn't want to hear, remember you'd stick your, your, your fingers in your ears and you'd be like, la, 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 I don't hear you. Well, the wine, the cookies, right? It's doing the same thing. It's like the adult version of that same game. Totally. So, so what was the, what was your moment when you finally realized, okay, enough of this? Uh, for me, it was, there was two significant events. One was I was going to go out with girlfriends for my birthday. And I remember going downstairs, my room was in the basement and I, I pulled out what was the biggest pair of boyfriend jeans I had at the time. And so I was excited. I, I tried to pull them on and they don't go up, Debbie. I cannot pull them past my thighs. And, and there was like, I started to sweat and there was this frenzy of all of a sudden pulling out all of these clothes and trying to put them on. And they all ended up on my bed and they all ended up with me crying on the floor. And so at that time, so you got to remember, like I had a master's degree in exercise physiology. I'd been a personal trainer. I'd been an Ironman athlete, a marathoner. Like this was very foreign to feel so awful in my body. But what's interesting is the body doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. The body doesn't lie. You're always getting messages from your body. We might ignore them. I was good at ignoring them, but that was the first thing. So I thought, you know, this is going back, you know, 10 years ago that I needed to push more. I needed to work harder. Like, obviously I was just, something was wrong with me, right? All of those crazy voices in my head were loud. And so I started to train like a crazy woman in the gym. And I basically drove myself into complete adrenal exhaustion. Like I was exhausted. And I want to go there too. But, and you know what it yeah. is? And here's the thing. It's like, so we're so good at thinking and doing. 
And so often it's the feeling and being part that we just try to outrun. And it sounds like that's what you were trying to do. It's like, no, 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 I'll push harder. I'll work harder. I'll do more. I'll, and it's the doing. And it's because I think I find this, especially with women, maybe men too, but I see this so often with, with women, we're so capable. So we just yeah. keep piling more on as if running further and faster is going to, is going to make all of the difference. And we're, it's like, we're using the wrong tool for the job. We're using totally the mind when it's not a it's not a mind job right here. Okay, so then you you found yourself in in uh, adrenal exhaustion, and anybody who's been there, I know it. I've been there, and it feels like you could sleep a whole night long, wake up, and feel like you need to go right back to sleep. You feel like you're walking through mud all day. Um, it's absolutely exhausting. Tell us your symptoms. What you feel like, and what did that lead to? Oh, it was exactly what you said. I felt like a crazy person. And I, I actually really did. And here I am in my, you know, early 30s and, and these little kids. And I, I had what should have been a great life, but it did not feel like a great life. And there was, you know, possibly looking back, maybe depression, there was anxiety, there was, um, uh, I, I call it like this chatter in my head that was incessant about what was wrong with me. I kept thinking there was something wrong with me, not that there was things wrong in my life mm -hmm. that I needed to attend to. And so my attention wasn't on the right things. I, you know, I kept thinking that if I just somehow did better, that everything would get better. But I, you know, that wasn't it. Um, and then finally I went to a doctor, um, he, was, he had a hybrid certification where he was a Western medicine doctor, but also had a lot of orthomolecular background and functional medicine background. And he basically he had zero bedside manner. And he said to me, I, and I swear to God, he was 100 if he was 70. And he just said, you're engaging in a slow form of suicide. Why mm. do you want to live like this? Wow. And it was no one had ever spoken to me like that. And no one had ever called a spade a spade in my life like that. And I remember just going home and crying. And at yeah, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of a journey towards true health. And instead of chasing the external representation of health, which was at that point for me looking good in a pair of skinny jeans, it was really recognizing I had to go about the internal work. Um, there was no other way. I tried the other ways. They failed me. So I needed to do something different. And, and you know, I always say transformation starts when you tell yourself the truth. And it sounds like his words shocked you into into truth, taking a look at what your your truth was. So so what happened next? What'd you do? Um, I shelved everything. So I came home. I'd actually been building a company. So I was sort of working like what I called triple shifts, right? I was parenting early morning all day. My husband then at the time would come home. I would do all the dinner stuff. And then I would go into the office from the seven to midnight shift. And uh, I hated the company I was building. I wasn't successful. So I just shut it down and I literally made myself my own project mm -hmm. and I, st I immediately the wine came out of the cupboard I dumped it down the drain I, I didn't buy another bottle I drank tea and like I did the things I know or I knew that would be healthy for me that I'd been so resistant like resistant to doing because I craved the comfort so much I no longer craved the comfort I craved the change I craved feeling better and I was willing to do whatever it took and for me you know it I mean, really not eating chocolate chips and wine at night wasn't that hard, right? Like it wasn't, I wanted to lose, I wanted to feel better, but it then became about like journaling and all the things the gurus tell you are good for you, but you think you don't have time for, or I did anyways, uh, meditate. I, I, I was, I surrendered. I literally became willing to do, 
I sought help. That's the other thing I did. Mm-hmm. I no longer went it alone. Um, I was a trainer. I got a trainer. I was a coach. I got a coach. Like I got someone who could help me see my blind spots. And you know, there's so much to what you said just right there. Like a few things you, you know, when you, when you crave change more than you crave the cookies or the crave the wine, that's, that's so important. It's almost like, you know, you realized the drinking the wine or whatever you were doing just wasn't working and that's not it. And it'll never give you the real deep satisfaction and fulfillment. And then, um, and then surrendering is so important and seeking support is so crucial too. But also, you know, it's really, it's, it was a big, bold move just to say, you know what, I'm so done with this business. And I imagine a lot of people listening right now are saying, well, I've been in that position and I would so love to shut that down, uh, my business or that, that idea. But the, the, like, I know I'm sort of wired for guilt. Guilt is like that, yeah. that emotion that just keeps coming up. And I would imagine like that would be the emotion be like, well, I feel so guilty if I do that. How did you manage the emotions when you were thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this, I'm shutting it down? It was a real lesson in me figuring out what my worth was. And I grew up as a child of an alcoholic mother. And let me tell you, my self-worth story was um, n- was not awesome. You know, I grew up taking care of someone else. I And I continued to live out that role. And so taking that stand for myself, I believe, was another pivot point in my life where, again, my husband and I had the conversation at that time that we could get by. We could get by for six months you know, we could figure a way to get through that time where I shifted a company. Um, so it wasn't blind. I mean, money can be such a factor in what drives us to just suck it up and keep going. But it, I think another part of that was, was I had two bigger reasons beyond just myself, which were these children. I'd had these children and I was not an awesome version of me for, for them or for myself. And of course, obviously not for my husband then, but he was a huge part of the the um, system, you know, the system was broken mm-hmm. and I couldn't look to my, my kids couldn't fix anything. He wasn't going to fix anything. If I wanted anything to change, it was up to me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, when you take responsibility, of course, that's when you're taking your power back and that's, that's where change happens because, yeah. you know, when we're, when we're looking at all of these outside forces to say, oh, it's because of that, it's, it's due to you, it's because of this and that, it's like we're saying, okay, and here's my power, here it is take it and hopefully just be gentle with it. But when we, when we sort of own it, take responsibility, that's where that change happens. So talk to us about, so then did you lose weight after that? Was it because I know you have taken on the diet industry. So, so it had to be because of your own transformation. Walk us through what happened. Yeah, I totally did. So what I, here's the, here's the crazy thing. I mean, every woman who's ever looked at wanting to lose weight knows the crap that's out there. And again, luckily I'm going to say that I did have, you know, a decent number of years behind me of school that I knew those things were not working. Right. I still thought the move more philosophy, eat less, you know, move more, eat less was going to work for me. Um, and so, but what it was, was stop. I had to radically redesign my expectations about what change looked like for me and to recognize what women expect to occur in a month versus being patient to the kind of change that you can create in a year with consistency and persistence, Mm -hmm. that that was going to be my golden ticket out of that pain pathway. And so I did. I said, a year from now, I'm not going to be like this. And there was nothing extreme 
about my approach. In fact, what I say now is what I do, what I do is very not sexy. It's very not marketable, but it's real. It's permanent. It's sustainable. And if you can give yourself the time to create the change, then you'll have it forever. And so, you know, I did, I saw a therapist and I, I, I did a whole approach. It wasn't just about having a green smoothie every day or just oming my way to a healthier mindset. It had to be an integrated, um, for me, it was an integrated approach where the diet got cleaned up, the alcohol and the sugar lessened, uh, the movement became a non-negotiable. Debbie, I was a woman, a young mother who believed that my worth, I had more, I remember wanting to go for a walk one day, very simple, wanted to get out and go for a walk, but the floor was dirty. And I believed that my job, I was better off washing that floor than taking myself out for a walk. And so those were the things that I had to overcome. The laundry, the, the recognizing it was never, ever all going to be done, but that I needed to feel good while doing these other things in my life or I was going to have no joy. You know, and, and I remember back in the day, and I just want to stress this because I'm sure there are some young moms listening who are they're, they're where you were and they're saying, I can't even manage to get dressed with all of this. And it's so important because I, re I remember back in those days, I, mean, I had four little kids. They were all, you know, 16 months apart, then three years, then 19 months apart. And it was a zoo, you know, and all these dogs and everything. And, and I remember getting to that point of, I remember the day where I said, you know, what, what about if the main area is clean and whatever they do in their rooms is their own business? If I tell you the freedom I had just by that one move, because you're, yeah. you're, you're trying, it's that whole perfection, this superwoman, super mom thing. It's awful. And, and I remember uh, back during that time, I was doing a lot of stress testing on people and I, I would see these women, they looked beautiful on the outside, but there was a train wreck going on on the inside. And these are the ones staying up all night long to make sure their kids' projects were perfect, you know, and they paid a big price for it. So, you know, so it's amazing how you, you recognize that and put yourself, I always say, put yourself on your own to-do list. You put yourself on your own, your own list. That, that right there, I think the art of a woman learning to be a priority in her own life is the most critical skill set a woman can develop. Um, men, perhaps, I don't see the same challenges with men. I, I, the, the challenges are different for each, for each role that we have in life. But for women, it's so easy to, and what I hear all the time is I've fallen so far off it, I don't even think I'm on my own priority list. And it literally feels mind-bendy to figure out how, you know, the most powerful question I asked myself is, what do I want? Mm. What do I want? What makes me happy? What do I enjoy? And it's for my clients, often that question, there's just this pause and then tears because they don't know what they want. They don't know what makes them happy anymore. And that's the opportunity. That, that's the pathway to break open to something new in your life. And you know what's so great about when you, when, you know, this is, and I used, I used to use this spin all the time when someone is a parent and they weren't, you know, they weren't sure. And they, they got themselves into this mess where it's just about everybody else. And they're, they're not even taking any measures towards their own self-care. And I would say, okay, so now imagine your child comes to you and says these exact things. What would you say? What would you suggest? So if you're the role model, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing here? So, so what did you learn from that? What did that teach you about you? Oh, a couple things. What it taught me, so it taught me that my feelings are data. 
So I used, I, I consider myself smart. I considered myself type A, all of that stuff. And what I had been ignoring in my 20s and 30s were my feelings. I wanted to skip over them. I didn't want to have the feelings that I had. And for me, some of those were those feelings were I had married a man and had children with someone who I was not meant to be with for the long term. I, I either got together with him for the wrong reasons or... And I, I had to deal. So Debbie, as I got stronger emotionally, mentally, physically, and started to look after me, um, you know, not every woman needs to leave her marriage. Some women do need to redesign the terms of their marriages or their partnerships so their needs are met. But I developed the courage to leave mine and to, to create different choices. And those are not easy decisions, but I had the internal strength and ability to... Um, know for me that that was the right thing to do, even though divorce had impact on my children. Mm. So in that year, I lost 40 pounds. I completely, you know, we ate, I ate healthy with my main meals with my kids. It was a snacking and crap that I ate from eight to 11 at night. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for so many people that can be the witching hours. Mm -hmm. Um, I redesigned my business to be much more in alignment with who I am and what my skill set was and my passion. It wasn't just chasing money. Um, and I said, no, well, I finally listened to my heart. And so from that, I, um, I really started to understand. In my 20s, I'd been do, 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 achieve, achieve. The letters after my name were really important. I, my value was in what I did, not in who I was. And that flipped. And I can't say it was like a quick switch, but it was a process. So now being in my mid-40s, you know, it, I mean, thank God we age and get, you know, develop wisdom, right? Like that is such a gift. Uh, I can see it in others when the neglect, I call it, you know, for you and what you're about with betrayal, for me, I betrayed myself. Mm -hmm. There was a deep and profound sense of self-betrayal, self-abandonment, self-rejection, self-neglect. And that was what I needed to heal. And it's amazing when we do, we learn so much, we become so much stronger, wiser, richer, better. So imagine there's because i know there are women and men listening right now that are that are where you where you were and they're like i don't know the first place where to start my body i don't even know what the heck happened i'm exhausted i'm overworked overwhelmed unhappy stuck what do you suggest to that person yeah well again i believe it starts with radical honesty right so the more i mean women we keep adding like when life is not adding up, it's time to start subtracting. And most of us just keep adding in. So the first suggestion or the tools that I would use with my clients or anybody listening is you got to be willing to pull out a pen and paper and write it down. It's like you literally, I always say it's that movie, The Green Mile. Did you ever see it? No, I haven't. Okay. It's so but good. I, I but know the name. I, I mean, I remember it, hearing about it. it if your listeners have listened, watched it, there's a scene in the movie where this man just opens his mouth and all of these like black flies come pouring out of his mouth. And it's like just this purge of yuckiness from inside him. And I think many times we keep things in our head. And when you keep it in your head, there's no relief. There's no honesty. You don't see what's going on. You got to write it out. And, and I just say often stream of consciousness writing is the easiest way to do that. The things that I'm unhappy with my life are. The things that don't feel good for me right now in my life are. And just recognize it's a moment. You don't need to judge it, but you do need to be honest about it. And then from that point, you have to start to imagine, well, if things felt better for me, here's what would be different. 
for myself. So so recap that because I think that's really important. So the first thing, it's like a stream of consciousness, get it out. Get it out. And stream of consciousness writing. So here's the deal. If you're like me, I used to hate writing. Um, The idea of sitting with a journal, first of all, I was terrified somebody was going to read my journal. I was worried that, you know, I would, I would hurt someone with what they read about it. So literally just a pad of paper, loose leaf, like who cares? Um, And shred it afterwards if you want. Um, Burn it. But it's like you put your pen to paper and you can set a timer for three minutes. Everybody has a phone. Everybody can do this for three minutes. A lot of times people think journaling is going to take an hour and it's like this deep depressing process. Um, Instead, make it easy for yourself. Bullet point it or just keep your pen to the paper and write. So that's the step. And and you'll be amazed at what comes out if you give yourself the opportunity to just let things flow. And I have to tell you, this is something that, that I do personally. And it's shocking sometimes what I'll write. I had no idea I was feeling these things, none at all. And, and just giving yourself that time and speaking, you know, you, you mentioned the whole type A. I know I'm type AAA. I hear you. And there's something so comforting about journaling because as you're doing something so wonderful yourself, you also feel like you're accomplishing something. So the whole type A thing gets checked off right there. Like, okay, I'm being productive, but it's so true because you're, you're accessing these subconscious things that need to be, uh, released right here. And then, you know, what you're working with. That's just it. One of the things I say all the time, it's like a mantra in my own life is what I resist persists. So whatever you're resisting, you can mask it, hide it, whatever, but it will persist until you face it, deal with it, come to terms with it, get honest about it. So as much as I was resisting the dissatisfaction in my marriage, I I had to make it real. And it doesn't mean I don't live with things in my life right now, but I face them. I face them. I have that courage to do it. It doesn't mean that my life is perfect now by any stretch, right? But my skill set to handle whatever comes up is just so much more evolved because of these tools. Right. You're strengthening your skill set. And everybody who is listening knows I always say, face it, feel it, heal it. And that's, ex- it sounds like that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what you've done. And, and you know, it's funny you mentioned about the journaling. My handwriting is so messy. I can't read my own writing. So <laughs> I can't even go. imagine anyone else could because I can't even read my own. So, okay. So the journaling was really helpful for you. So you suggest journaling. Any, any other strategies that you'd suggest to that person who's just like, I don't even know where to start. I feel horrible. I'm exhausted. I don't know where this weight just showed up from what's up I don't know what to do so anybody I ever ask I teach these live events and I'm like okay y'all or I'm like what do you think you what do you think you need to do what would make the biggest difference in your life if you were to change go create some changes easy wins everybody knows the low-hanging fruit every person I've asked is always able to tell me at least two or three simple well I should probably go to bed earlier well I should probably drink more water well, like, so ask yourself that question. What are the two or three simple things that I know that I could do for myself that would make a difference in my life? You know it. And you know what's so great about that? Because when you do, like, let's just say one of them that you said, like, drink more water, you may think, well, what's that going to do? But just doing that one thing, saying it and, and meaning it and creating a new habit out of it, it's also one of the biggest aspects when it comes to betrayal anyway, is, is trust. We don't trust yeah. ourselves. We don't trust our betrayer. And one of the things, one of the ways to rebuild that trust is saying something and meaning it. So something yeah. like that, we look at it like it's, it's small, but it's really not. It's doing so much more than just that one simple thing of giving us a good habit. We're learning to retrust ourselves. 
And that builds that whole notion of being or of living in integrity. So what I experienced was I, I lived completely not in, in integrity with what was important to me. Um, I'd say one thing and do another, um, all of that. And so for, you know, weight loss, I, I take it deeper than just eat, clean up your diet and move your body. It's really about rebuilding the trust you have because weight loss is like death by a thousand cuts. Mm -hmm. How many times have you said, I'm going to get up and go to the gym and then you hit snooze or I'm going to drink more water and then you drink pop or I'm not going to drink tonight. And then you drink a bottle of wine. And, and so very, very easily, of course you don't trust yourself. You've betrayed yourself for 10 times at least in a day. And that's been for how many years in a row so these simple things that you and I are talking about, which anybody could poo-poo because in the dieting world, everything's extreme. It's go big, go hard. Like it's got to be about so much deprivation and just, you know, restriction and denial, which no woman can handle, especially if she's already living in a trauma state or betray, you know, painful state. So uh, I kept it very simple in the beginning. I made a non-negotiable to move my body. Mm -hmm. every day it was a non-negotiable and debbie i started small like here i used to run marathons and i couldn't even run a mile so i said great i'll walk 10 minutes and it was every day and and you know it's so and i want to stop you there because we're either moving we're only moving in one of two directions further or closer to the body life lifestyle that you want so Anything that you're doing which is moving you closer is a good thing. It's yeah. and it shouldn't be minimized. And think about it. it's so true because after something like betrayal, then there's all this self-betrayal. Now it's like this toxic soup of its terribleness. So, you know, just these slight things to stop the negative momentum and begin a more positive direction is what slowly and steadily and predictably can get us out. So it's so, it's so important that you're, you know, that you're saying that any other tips or solutions you want to suggest? Yeah. Stop comparing. It's so what I, if you compare yourself to a version of you that existed a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, you have, you are literally putting the brakes on any forward progress because you're looking backwards and if you're trying to live life by moving forwards and you're constantly looking in the rearview mirror, you stumble, you fall, and you wonder what's wrong with you. And instead of comparing, and it was, and I talk about, you know, for me, it was so easy to be hard on myself and be like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Like, I can't, I'm, I'm walking 10 minutes. I used to run for 42. Like, I, I had, I, I just kept holding myself to this standard, and it didn't matter. I was where I was. Like, it did not, comparing hurt me, comparing myself to others hurt me. So I really developed the skill set of not allowing myself to think thoughts or um, engage in that trap because it took all of my positive feelings away. So often with my clients, I say, unless don't let anything into your feed, you know, your social media feed or into your mindset feed that lets you feel like crap about yourself because that's just, it's a way to halt all progress. And, and and it's so true. It's it's so easy to do, and it really takes discipline. It's disciplining your mind. But but is. look at the benefit when you do. Look at what you receive when you do. What do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up? I want to make sure people get that it, it change is possible. No matter and like everything that you've gone through, no matter how hard or how much pain or how much you've cried yesterday or this morning or you know, no matter what your body is like, um. 
if you, if this is an outcome that's happened in your life, you're a hundred percent way more powerful than you remember in this moment. And it's going to be by taking these simple steps every day and committing to a new life, a new version of you that you get to create that becomes ultimately inspiring. And you know, like for me, writing my book, Debbie on Diet Disruption, it was about helping women create disruption in their own mindset about what change, you know, required and allowing it to be easy and actually, dare I say, joyful, a joyful experience after coming through the trauma and the pain and allowing the challenges to become something that are really inspiring for yourself. And you said it, a new you that you get to create. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of these experiences that we can look and say, okay, well, this is what happened. This is where I am. What do I want now? And yeah. instead of being a ping pong ball in the ocean, acting reactively, we, be we can become proactive and create you know, a life that we want. Where do we learn more about you? Where do we go? Um, you are welcome to come and grab a copy of my book if anybody's interested at dietdisruptionbook.com. And of course, everything else is under my uh, website, www.jenniferpowder.com. Jennifer, thank you so much. I know, you know, you know, it's like I'm picturing everybody taking, I know I am, taking this big sigh of relief. And they're taking that big sigh of relief because they're like, oh, I can do that. I can do yeah. that. And I can feel good about that. And that's not, doesn't mean I'm lowering the bar. doesn't mean I'm slacking. It means I'm moving in the right direction. So for that, you've given us an amazing gift. Thank you so much. Thank you, Debbie. Jennifer shared so many great ideas and transformation begins with radical honesty and taking a stand for yourself. When we don't, we're really betraying ourselves and you deserve so much better than that. Stay in touch with Jennifer by going to jenniferpowder.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. When life isn't adding up, start subtracting. I love that. <laughs> it's not about doing more. It's about becoming more. And that means getting clear on what we want and radically redesigning some expectations you may have set for yourself. Jennifer also suggested creating some easy wins by making a simple change and sticking with it, living in integrity in order to rebuild trust in yourself and stop comparing yourself to a different version of you or anyone else. Some great advice and a good reminder. Have you taken the post-betrayal syndrome quiz? If not, head over to it at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz and the PBT Institute membership community is ready. Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best, community support, certified coaches and practitioners you could schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best all online. I'm so excited to welcome you. Go to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.